Hello, marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC marketeer. Hey there, marketeers. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Jamie Lai at the city of Yorba Linda to talk about her experience working in the public sector or from where we stand, the client side. Just a quick note, she is working from home, so towards the end, you will hear some noise from her kiddos. Hopefully, it's not too distracting, but otherwise, enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Today, I have on Jamie Lai. She is the Director of Public Works and a City Engineer at the City of Yorba Linda. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, thanks for having me. So first question, how did you get into this industry? What's your story? I went to UC Irvine and I studied civil engineering, got my master's and bachelor's there. Had a great opportunity from the standpoint of um, interning in the private sector. So I did that through my graduate side and after graduating. Um, so stayed there about four years. Then then always heard about the public sector and wanted to know if that switch was the right one for me. And so there was an opportunity at the County of Orange at that time. So I, I took that opportunity and stayed at the county for a couple of years and position opened up at the city of Anaheim. So I was able to go over to the city and started off in their development side in public works. And essentially got to work on a lot of great projects in terms of the development side and the areas around the Platinum Triangle and the resort area as well. So that gave a lot of great exposure to just the world of development and entitlement. And so I uh, was able to go through and get a couple of promotions. I mean, just things just lined up pretty nicely. So from that perspective, after a few years there, got another great timed opportunity, I guess, to head up the Arctic Project, the uh, Anaheim Regional Transportation Intermodal Center in Anaheim. And so that, you know, that project obviously was built already, been built since in 2014, that completed construction. But I was able to oversee the construction side, everything from the funding of the project through bringing on the designers, through the operation and maintenance side and construction. So that was a really great project to work on when that project completed, transitioned over to manage all of the traffic and transportation within the city of Anaheim. And that was also a lot of fun. I got to work with uh, Disney too on their new parking structure and just the traffic management and just overall traffic management within the city and transportation as well. So with all that, there's a great option to go to the city of Yorba Linda. It was a promotional opportunity to be their director and city engineer. So it's encompassing all of the experience that I've had from the work side. It was a great fit. And so it's kind of where I'm here today. I've been with the city about a, almost a year and a half and been a great ride in terms of, you know, just in the role and understanding the city. It's a beautiful city with great you know, residents and businesses. So, you know, that's kind of my journey on kind of how I got to where I'm at. So yeah, that's hopefully that helps answer that question. Yeah, that sort of encapsulates why I wanted to have you on, which is 
a lot of the times in marketing and AEC marketing, we're all, it's all the marketers just talking to each other. And this is a really cool opportunity to actually talk to the person who receives the <laughs> marketing work. <laughs> so I'm curious as a really big generalization, what do you see as the differences between working at a large agency, which I believe it was Orange County that you worked yeah. in, and then down to the city of Anaheim, which is a fairly large city, and now at the city of Yorba Linda. What do you see as the differences between those agencies? I mean, obviously, there's just purely employee-wise, there's, you know, you're talking about a very large organization down to, you know, very small organization in terms of just population. I think the administrative side of getting things done is probably one of the bigger things and the resources. That's probably when I started exploring kind of bigger city, smaller city side, that's one of the biggest things you hear about people who have made that jump is the resources. And I understand why that's the case. I think being mainly in bigger organizations for most of my time, you assume certain things because there are so many people working in that organization, different roles. But on the flip side, you move to a smaller organization, you get things done a lot quicker than you would in a large organization. So if you're making like, you know, a code change or you're trying to get things approved or project, you know, the number of steps that you go through in a smaller organization and getting ultimate like council approval or that those steps are just a lot, it's a lot faster process versus in a larger organization, like the county goes through and all the way through like the county supervisors for approval and things like that. So it's definitely just different, no good or bad either way. I think it's just, it's nice to have able to see like all the different processes so knowing kind of how to navigate it. And that's probably the biggest thing is just understanding, you know, what needs to happen each step of the way. Right. So then what do you wish consultants on my side of the project what do you wish we would know about a smaller city like the city of Yorba Linda? I think, you know, having made that jump and having worked with a lot of different companies, a lot of those companies have also talked to me, you know, when I made the move to Yorba Linda. And so from that aspect, nothing from the standpoint of, you know, a proposal, a good proposal in terms of, you know, responding to it, making sure that the attention to detail, if there's you know, the quality of it and making sure that it's fully responsive to all the details. Um, a lot of times any agency that goes through the process of writing an RFP will add certain details like 10 page minimum or, you know, whatever bound right. way <laughs> or um, making sure you change the city's name. You're not putting in another city. Oh no. Um, <laughs> references, ensuring that you have the that you've checked with your references, that they know they're going on a reference. And so that if they ever do get a call from any agency, that they know that there might be a call coming to them. Uh, we, just as an anecdotal story, I have been in experiences where I've had to call a consultant, which I thought was great consultants, didn't think anything of it, call the agency of which they listed as a reference. One, it was a terrible reference, like a terrible project, and they had not great reviews and not great things to say, which actually ultimately changed our mind in hiring that consultant. So things like that, that you go in thinking one thing. So 
just making sure that that's up to date, that the, and this might be going into a lot of detail, but just even making sure that the contacts, like the positions, if they're naming specific people, that to make sure that they're still at that company. It's a small world out there. So the person probably reviewing it is, knows the other people in the industry. So those type of details, although they don't seem like a big deal, shows, I think, to the reviewer or to the city that's ultimately reviewing it, the attention to detail that this company does and the kind of the QAQC side. Right. So, and I think one thing that I think a lot of companies could take advantage of more is asking questions and clarifications and reaching out to cities outside of the RFP process and being available to help answer questions, offering their services as just like a free, like consult, you know, like, Hey, if you guys ever need anything, let us know. We offer these and just following up and, and then more so during the RFP process, not being afraid to ask questions and, you know, those type of things show the amount of diligence and kind of, it's kind of like an interview process in a sense. Right. The city or any agency, the ability of the consultant. And of course, being on time, you know, ensuring that right. <laughs> everything's committed on time. Yeah. Um, especially from the electronic side. <laughs> now, has the city of Yorba Linda switched over to electronic submittals? We accept electronic submittals. I think we, we will still ask for hard copies. Okay. Uh, probably not as many as. You should. I think a lot of, although a lot of people use like the devices to see it, there's still a lot of uh, reviewers that want the hard copy proposal. Right. I was just curious if that's something that's going to stay. We've seen, <laughs> you know, throughout COVID, we've seen a lot of agencies switching over to the electronic format. Mm-hmm. But all of us are sort of sitting here speculating, like, will it stay? Will it go? <laughs> I, I did recently sit on a panel for a very large agency and had to review quite a bit of proposals. It was the first time where I didn't get a hard copy and okay. it, it's fine. I think it's going to be a learning curve, either when forced because the agency you're reviewing it for says, no, we don't have hard copies. It's not a bad process. I think eventually it'll get there. Right. And the environment now with COVID, I think it'll get there quite quicker than anything. Yeah. Okay. So back on to you, what's your favorite part of the work that you do? I think just being able to help, you know, be part of that process and know that what we do, like from the public work side is it touches everybody and being able to be a part of what makes a community great. And, you know, whether it's, things like people driving on the roads and saying, you know, we have beautiful, great streets that they know when they drive from one city to another, it changes. And Mm -hmm. being the city that has the better (laughs) probability, you know, so at least whether some like a tree comes down or, you know, beautifying the landscape or, you know, just helping the everyday things that happen in a municipality, um, getting water to people getting like the infrastructure building things like we just finished building our new public library and cultural arts center bringing things to the community that make a difference in people's lives it's it's great to be able to be able to bring all those things right the community so at the beginning of your career story you had mentioned that you started at a consulting firm and then Mm -hmm. switched over to the public sector 
what prompted that change? Well, I think a lot of people when they start in the, there's only two choices in the civil, you either work public or private. And I think at that time at the company, a lot of people were leaving and going public. And the rumor coming back was once you go public, you don't go back. So, So, um, I'm a planner. And so it was early enough in the career that there was that opportunity. And I go, well, you know, I might as well find out now which one I really like. Mm -hmm. And I guess it is true for me in a sense. (laughs) So you kind of, I like the public sector and I stuck with it from that end. So um, I just wanted to see it. I didn't want to stay in the private side too long and then not be able to get into the public side easily. That was kind of my, my take on it. Okay. That makes sense. I've actually heard the opposite, but probably because I'm talking <laughs> to the people who maybe are at my it, firm. <laughs> and maybe it's changed over time. I, would, I mean, I think the private sector is great too. I don't know. That was the rumor at the time. <laughs> Funny. So you sort of touched on this, but I just want to clarify for everyone who has ever gotten any sort of pushback on this, that you do always check references <laughs> can you just go on the record <laughs> yes I think for depending on the reviewer from my standpoint I've always worked in Orange County so the circle becomes kind of small after a while right. in terms of the companies and then also the the people like looking at the project managers looking at you know the people that I've worked with from that side. So we do check references. I mean, I'm not saying that we'll check every single reference, but it's definitely something that if we don't know it already by looking at it, and my recent experience, it happened a couple times that the references didn't always check out or they did change our minds. Yeah, I would say that going on the record, cities okay. check, or they should check or always be prepared that they would be checking. You also had an interesting point in one of our first conversations that people are also aware of the stages of a project that you've worked on. Uh You mentioned Arctic being a good example of consultants saying that they worked on part of this, or they put that they worked on the big project and you knew that they only worked on a small portion of that project. Yeah, I think in proposals, it's always great to highlight you know, the experience of a project, especially the bigger projects. I think with the projects that have a very, you know, the obviously with any big project, there's like the planning phase, there's the preliminary engineering phase, there's the environmental phase, there's the design phase, and sometimes projects start and stop as well. It's always better because you don't know who the reviewer is that just to be honest about the stage of which the company was involved or even the like who worked on it like which company because sometimes it is confusing like they'll put it in there and it was might might be like the sub consultant that worked on it maybe or they they're like wow did this company really work on it like so just to clarify that it would make sense to someone reviewing it and keeping in mind that you know someone who worked on that project could be reviewing (laughs) right Um, yeah because a good company shows through, I think, through either the interview process or the proposal and just overall, like, because more than likely the reviewers are, you know, will get a good sense of that. But it's just those little things at the end of the day, because if you're 
just say a company is trying to be on someone's on-call list. They're looking for a lot of different proposals and it could be up to 30 for like the general categories of like civil. So it's those little things that kind of stand out or could make or break kind of the point of which the cutoff line comes in. Mm -hmm. So again, it's kind of the, and that's actually one example of, that's a question that, that could be asked during the RFP process, you know, Hey, you know, we have this, then maybe they, then for these cities, they know that, that, that thought process is being thought of. So that's why I said, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's why there is that time period. Yeah. And you're the, probably the first person that I've ever heard target sort of the Q&A part of a proposal. Yeah. Do you have any other suggestions for either marketing or even our technical staff as they're preparing proposals or as they're doing their work? Like, is there something that if you could tell all the consultants of Orange County one thing or a few things, what tips would you give them to make your life easier? I've always appreciated like the meet and greets in the sense of the ones that really do take the time. There's some that really do their research on projects within the city and come prepared actually to those meetings, <laughs> kind of with like their suggestions, like detailed engineering, something you would hire out for consulting services. Right. So that shows that they care and they, you know, are looking for, they, they have a true interest in obtaining, you know, the project or the contract. What I found interesting in making the shift over is that it is very nice for companies to just be very thorough and follow up. And that to me shows just that they, their level of care and interest in, in the process and that they are a consultant that would continue that on if a contract were to get awarded. So it's kind of this outside time period. It's not even during the proposal that you know, they, they do that extra step of reaching out. Okay. Um, and I think with any, even with any larger projects, like they start, as I'm sure everyone listening to this is aware, like they start exploring or reaching out to the cities. It really doesn't hurt to do more reaching out than not. I think there's also always a fine line of reaching too much and right <laughs> to the city, but I think it's just gauging what that is, but just putting your name out there so that the city remembers because there's so many firms out there. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. If our listeners want to find out more about you, where should I direct them? Um, they can probably start on LinkedIn. That's probably a great spot. I do check that and they, they can find me on the city website. <laughs> but yeah, LinkedIn is probably a great, great place to start. Too. <laughs> perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. Okay. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that's a wrap on the very first episode of 2021. I hope you had a great new year and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.